Pleasant Good Evening Mets fans and welcome back to the Pleasant Good Evening Podcast. It's episode, what is that, 30, is that 38? We do it in Roman numerals when we put it in our little document. It's, I think it's 38, uh, or is that 39? Jack, how are you doing? Can you, can you clarify for me, please? Uh, I'm doing good. I, shit, I should look this up. I'm pretty sure it's 38. Uh, cause yeah, I think it was 30. I like doing the Roman numerals, but I also, it was fun when we were like very early in this whole process. And now it just, it, it evades me as far as what we're at, but I'm pretty sure we're at 39 or 38. We're at, we're at 38. I went and checked. It's kind of, it's interesting because it's like, it's, it's like the Super Bowl. you know, they could just use regular numbers, but it gives a sense of grandeur. Yeah. To the whole to the whole deal using well, Roman numerals. Deal. This is a it's like Super Bowl Sunday, but every Sunday when we record for you guys, it would be uh, Super Bowl Monday, I guess. Yeah. R- regardless, that's an interesting little tangent to start an episode off. It is episode thirty-eight. I'm Sam Lovitz, joined as always by the wonderful Jack Hendon, here to talk about the Mets coming off. Oh, can you call it a sweep? A weekend sweep of the the Braves, sort of, maybe, possibly. Can we call it that? Yeah, we well, we didn't lose like all week, basically, right? Or I guess not. Nah, that's not true. We lost on Monday. Almost went the whole week without losing. Yeah, the Mets lost on Monday, the season opener opener against the Rockies. They got uh they did not get rained out on Tuesday. I was at that game. So they they won on Tuesday, three to one, got rained out on Wednesday, swept the doubleheader on Thursday, rained out on Friday. I was supposed to go to that game, obviously didn't happen. Crushed the Braves on Saturday, and that wound up being the only game that the Mets played against the Braves this weekend, as they also got rained out tonight on Sunday or last night, if you're listening on Monday. Uh, regardless, it's it's a four and one week for the Mets. They are it's four in a row to end the week, and they are 25 and 20 heading into a three-game set against the Diamondbacks, which will be followed by a four-game set. In San Diego, the Mets have seven of their next 12 against the Padres coming up. The Padres have the best record in baseball. That should be fun, even yeah. though they lost today against the Astros. So uh, breaking down the week for the Mets, DeGrom came back Tuesday. Good, generally. I, I was there. I saw it in person. He uh, he threw five, and he looked good. Uh, not quite his dominant overpowering stuff that he's he usually has although he did turn it on later in the game he had a streak in the, the last couple innings where he was striking out guys left and right he wound up with nine k's uh and that was a fun one with the tomas nito home run uh and i i will talk about this more later but i i very much so enjoyed being back at the ballpark um and then the other big takeaway from this week is Last night, Saturday night against the Braves, everybody was eating. Taiwan Walker came back off the injured list too. He looked great, even though he also was kind of on a pitch count. But everybody was eating, man. That was as fun a game as we've had all season. That was good. They were actually beating up on bad pitching, which was great to see. And like Ian Anderson didn't look like he didn't look awful. But once they were like bringing in like the throwaway arms, it was it was nice to see them actually capitalize a little bit so who mccann homer mccann had a good home stand i think um for a day for a day in that game man he looked really for the first time in a mets uniform and i don't know if this was him playing first base or whatever he looked legitimately good this week his ops has risen above 600 the average has risen to about 220 uh so is his stat line right now it's it looks better than francisco lindor's even though they were both real bad for a while, but McCann, I think, was worse to start the year. But 
yeah. a, a good week and a four for five day to end the homestand mm-hmm. has, has McCann looking like a much more, you know, closer to league average hitter to go by offensive line. And he's played a really solid first base too. He's picked that yeah. up really nicely. Absolutely. And then Lindor Homer too. I mean, he got in on it a little bit, which was fun. Um, what do you go? Three for five, two for five. I think he had two hits. Yeah. Yeah. He got, cause he got that bunt down. He, he dragged a bunt for his first hit of the game, which he'd been, he's tried to do a couple times this week. Cause he had another kind of long for this week. Uh, and he, uh, he snapped it, I think in, in one of the doubleheader games on Thursday. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he, he dropped the bunt down on Saturday. He was really, really amped up when he beat it out. And then in, uh, later in the game, he comes up and he, he hits a nuke against uh, Jay Flaw, who yeah. the Mets like the Mets beat up on some bad relievers today. The Braves were using kind of their throwaway guys. They mm-hmm. used the Edgar Santana and Jay Flaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Mets beat up on both of them, as which is something they really haven't done this year. Like you're supposed to beat up on guys like Jay Flaw and yeah. Edgar Santana. And they hit a couple homers off Santana. They hit a couple They're homers. Guard. They were off, hitting uh, bombs. Yeah, it was fun. Billy McKinney looks kind of like, I I mean, he probably isn't here in October if if we continue at this pace and win the division. But like Billy McKinney looks a lot better than the usual guy that you just just sort of scoop up, um, you know, off the waiver wire. Like he could probably hang around a little bit through the summer. I think Luis Rojas said he was going to get everyday action now. I mean, anything that takes the attention away from Cameron Maven Although Maven also broke, uh, he broke his 04 also, which was which was his, pretty cool. His historic 04. Yeah. He, he started his Mets life. started his Mets tenure 0 for 27, which broke an 0 for 26 record from like 1964. Yeah. Uh, with a little dribbler down the third baseline that he couldn't have rolled any better. Mm-hmm. Like it's like and, a bocce ball. Yeah, and then that's that. Uh, that's uh, Brandon Drury then hit a two run homer to follow that. So like productive. He was on base like three times in that game too. I think he was hit by a pitch and I think he walked also. So he's been bad. Like, I think he's cooked. The swing isn't there anymore. Um, But until Kevin Pilar comes back and then Almora follows him, which should be soon. uh, We'll talk about the injuries in just a sec. Uh, I mean, sure. Cameron Maben is, is hasn't provided anything offensively, but he's been relatively serviceable defensively, even though he's 34 right now. And, uh, has lost a step speed wise, but uh, Billy McKinney is going to be playing. Uh, if you listen to Luis Rojas today after the cancellation, he had his little press conference. They said he's going to be playing a little bit in all three outfield spots, but he's going to be playing pretty much every day, which I don't have a problem with. Uh, there's power there. He's got two hits so far as a Met, and both of them have been extra base hits. He his first hit was a double off the fence, and then he hit the the absolute nuke. Yeah. Uh, against the Braves, that was like a, a bomb and a half. It was a 108 mile an hour line drive off the bat into the second deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so good on Billy McKinney. He's also played some really nice right field so far for the Mets. Uh, so I have no complaints. You know, in a perfect world, I wish he wasn't batting three fourth or fifth, third fourth or fifth. Right. Um, he's a guy who you know he should probably be you know in the seventh spot in your lineup if you're uh, if you're healthy ish. Uh, and hopefully we get to that point. Um, but a good acquisition, I think, you know, you really kind of, you're hamstrung by the guys that are on the waiver wire. He was DFA'd by the, by the Brewers last week. Uh, but still a good pickup, still a good pickup. And they didn't give up anything really of value for him. So, yeah, that was nice. He, he's got like a very like Brad Hawk swing, which I'm, I'm down with. 
that might yeah, it's be kind of grooved but like yeah. it's kind of pretty too yeah i like it it's 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 been pretty fun i mean if they hit like this against the padres it might actually get kind of interesting especially with the way the pitching's been lately like they're gonna need to they're, they're gonna really because those to. padres can mash man this was a they had a really crazy series this weekend in, in houston i mean if they're getting like Eric Hosmer and Will Myers to, you know, become like everyday contributors at the top of a, of a batting order. They're pretty much like unstoppable in terms of what they can do. Um, yeah, they haven't really had Manny Machado at full strength this year. He's only got like six homers this year, but Fernando Tatis spent time on the injured list and still has 15 homers. And they had that, that game on Saturday where they, uh, they were down to their final out. Tatis popped up in foul territory with two guys on. He's tying run at the plate. The Astros' first baseman in foul territory missed the play. I think it was – I don't think it was Gurriel. I think it was Taylor Jones. Or like Chaz McCormick or something. I think it, I think it was Taylor Jones, okay. uh, the big, tall, right-handed first baseman they got that we see every spring training. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he missed it. Would have ended the game if he caught it. Tatis hit a, a game-tying three-run nuke. Oh, God. Uh, and then they won it in extras because Will Myers hit a, hit a go-ahead three-run homer yeah. just like just over Kyle Tucker's glove leaping in right field. So like crazy game, um, regardless, that's the team. That's the best record in baseball. And we get to see them next weekend after we play a really, really struggling Diamondbacks team that won today on Sunday for the first time in their last two weeks, they had lost 13 straight. So we'll see how the next week goes in terms of on the field stuff. One thing that is a boost for this team is there's some firepower coming back. Uh, Pete Alonso is going to be active for the Mets next game. According to Luis Rojas. No, they didn't. They felt that there was no need for a rehab assignment. Pete really only took a few days off swinging. Uh, he's been swinging pretty much for the last half week or so, or half, like the last half of his, his, uh, stint on the IL. Uh, they're also getting Seth Lugo back when he's eligible, which is tomorrow, which is Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been doing a rehab assignment, spent the last couple days with, uh, Syracuse, and it looks like Kevin Pillar is ahead of schedule. He's been running around the outfield, taking fly balls. He's been swinging the bat a little bit. And they think they're going to they're gonna have him play the outfield when they activate him with like a face shield. So yeah. Rip Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it looks like the Mets are getting three guys back the next time they hit the field or by the time they get to San Diego at least, yeah. um, depending on how close Pilar is. But it, they made it sound like Pilar is going to be active by the end of the week, if not by the time the Mets uh, touch down in Arizona. So that's good. We like that. What do we think of that? I'm, I mean, I'm not like totally expecting either Alonzo or Pilar to come back and continue producing the way that they did before their injuries for Pilar. It's going to be a learning curve. Probably again, I know this has happened to him before. Um, He's literally going to be wearing a face shield though. Uh, There's going to be a lot of attention on, on him uh i think he'll be you know i think he'll eventually come back to it but um it's definitely going to be a little bit of like a stickier process and i think the same can be said for alonzo because the mets really like i mean you talk about how he only needed a few days off and didn't really need the rehab he probably wouldn't have even needed the il stint if the mets had seen the signs very early on when he was out there playing with a wrist brace because his swing was very much implicated by what he was dealing with and what eventually had to put him on the injured list. So um, yeah, it's I think definitely a good thing that guys are hitting right now, because I don't think that this is a situation. This isn't like a, 
one of those like mid-season acquisitions. I'm not expecting, you know, like Jonas Cespedes to show up and uh, ignite everything about this this offense. Like the guys who have been hitting to this point are going to need to continue hitting. Yeah, but. well, you hope you hope Pete comes back and behaves like himself again because he really hadn't been like power hitting Pete for a while. He wasn't contributing really offensively for a while, right. you know, after that hit by pitch. And that's really because it was a wrist thing. Like I think I talked about this last week, how injuries to the wrist and hand area just sap power yeah. from guys. Um, because a lot of hitting is the legs and, but like, besides just the legs, a lot of it is, is strong wrists and keeping yeah. your hands like firm on the bat to the ball. Uh, cause if you lose a little bit of wrist strength, you'd lose that bat plane. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully Pete comes back. Cause Pete, Pete is still the team leader in home runs. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan VR is on his heels with, uh, with five, but Pete's got six. He's the team leader in home runs. And, uh, even with the five home runs that this team hit against the Braves on Saturday, they are still, you know, in the bottom of the league in home runs. Um, they've got, what is it? 37 now. So they're really, they're only ahead of the pirates still, I believe. Yeah. So you need, you need Pete to kind of come back and start hitting, hitting the ball out of the ballpark. At a, at a good pace um because that helps that helps because home runs are good folks and we saw we saw that happen on saturday when the mets scored 13 runs they hit five home runs yeah. Pro- they almost hit more jonathan vr almost hit a grand slam earlier in the game flew out to the wall um when so he's on man he's really on vr it's it's really strange because there are just so many is. like points during a single homestand where i just can't fathom the fact that like this guy is their leadoff hitter or that this guy even like still gets like everyday reps just because like he, you know, sometimes they'll bat at bats, but also like he really, we talk about like, we talked about Lindor dropping bunts down, um, you know, at will. The other side of this is, is Jonathan VR just like trying to stretch every base hit out into a double, which I'm sick of. Oh, uh, he's a hilariously bad base runner. Yeah. It's, it's, it can't, we do need the, the, the dudes back. Cause this, yeah, this, it definitely can't fly. So like credit to him where it's due because yeah. he has hit some big, <laughs> excuse me. He has hit some homers uh, and he has made some nice plays at third base. Uh, like he made a nice, really like a really cool diving catch on Saturday uh, yeah. on a play down the line. So credit to him, you know, for doing the things he's done well, He's also, you know, like the king of toot blands, like making outs on the bases that just don't need yeah. to happen. Uh, like he got caught stealing twice on uh, on Tuesday against the Rockies when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's taking his walks, which is something I didn't think I'd say. Like he's he's working good at bats. He's not really getting like his base hits. Uh, you know, when when he's hitting the ball hard, it's either like leaving the ballpark or it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's taking his walks from the leadoff spot, which is important. Not yeah. to the same rate as like Brandon Nimmo, but like I I always thought of him more as like a free swing type, but he's yeah. actually been been showing like a decent amount of, of plate discipline from the leadoff spot, which I gotta credit him for. Generally, overall, hasn't been all that good defensively at third base. Uh and he's still like a below average offensive player. So I don't wanna like be like, oh my god, Jonathan Fiar is amazing. He's been good, he's been exactly what the Mets have needed. Uh, as a yeah. replacement level or slightly above maybe replacement level leadoff hitter, third base type guy. But yeah. when this team gets healthy, he should not be a starting player. 
but he will be for a while because this team is not going to be anywhere close to healthy for a while. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, we haven't even got into like, I mean, this isn't a hitting thing, but Noah Syndergaard is just like not coming back when we wanted him to come back. And I don't even know what it's going to look like when he does come back, if he's going to get innings. Like they've been pushing back Carrasco a little bit too. It's a good thing they actually invested in depth that you can play a little bit. Um, but it's, yeah, there's, it's, it's been like a pretty sobering week in realizing that a lot of the guys who are injured are going to be injured for a long time. Like we really don't know as good as it is that Kevin Pilar and, and, and Pete Alonso are coming back is uh, we really don't know what's happening with Brandon Nimmo. We don't know if this next rehab assignment for JD Davis is going to be the one that like goes off without a hitch. Um, Jeff McNeil and Michael Conforto are basically like not going to be doing anything baseball wise for a little while. They said like a late June, you know, recovery, but I, I mean, just knowing how this all goes and this, especially hamstring strains, that could very well take us into the all-star break. So uh, it's been, it's, it's a miracle that they are winning these games with this news also coming down. Cause a couple of years ago, it would not be this, uh, balanced. It would be guys getting hurt, guys coming in and not doing their jobs because, you know, they're flying in from Vegas or like they just aren't good uh, or they just got claimed because the, you know, because or they just got traded for for a prospect. Like it's it's a good thing we have a front office that's a little bit more competent for this. But also like I, I really wanted to see this band working together and like it, it, it sucks when it when you can't get everyone together. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Syndergaard news is is killer. It really hurts because he was making his second rehab start. It looked like, you know, he was in good position to be back when they said he was going to be back in like mid-June and just not going to happen. They pushed him back six weeks. It's, it's a, what was the official diagnosis? Elbows? It was, it was, it started off that there was elbows soreness but now it's inflammation yeah so um it's like who's who's going to be the guy to come back and, and boost this rotation is going to be carrasco is going to be Syndergaard. like you're kind of you know kind of in a spot where you really can't afford any more injuries in the starting rotation because you're already in a position where like joey lacasey is kind of starting every fifth day yeah because jordan yamamoto is gone too He's exactly gone already and he's basically like not taking part in baseball activities for a minute like yeah that went that was crazy all of a sudden it was like okay Yamamoto starting in Miami Mm -hmm. uh uh he he pitched like a mediocre four innings oh he got taken out because he had like some shoulder soreness oh he's on the 60 day IL like now like all like now so uh, that was just kind of a weird turn of events with with yams uh we feel bad for the guy but uh like Lucchese's been better recently. I think they're starting to figure out how to use him, which is good. He's like a one-time through the order guy, and I think they finally get that. Uh, but that's not a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. But, like, the next guy up is Thomas Zapucky, right. um, who they will probably have to use this week anyways, or Jared Eikhoff, who's, like, put together a couple of decent starts in Syracuse. I've been to two Syracuse Mets, this game, Mets games this year. I've seen him pitch both times. I'm kind of sick of Jared Eikhoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, he's he's there – um, we probably would have seen Harold Gonzalez if he didn't have Tommy John surgery this year. 
right. which is a shame because he's been a guy that's floated around the Mets minor league system forever. Yeah, Corey Oswald's hurt too. Um, McWilliams yeah. is probably not going to be a starter at this point. No, he's of- not. He's been relieving yeah. only. Yeah, and then Keelan May is also like – he's not on the 40, and they DFA'd him, so if they were to bring him up, who knows what would happen. It's Although his I'm last good. start – although he carried a no-hitter into the seventh inning his last start, which was – did see that. I've been like catching up on the news cycle a little bit because I haven't been like – I definitely haven't been – balancing between watching the games and keeping on the news. I just know like when guys get hurt and when they're coming back and like, you know, what the, uh, the prognosis is. I've not been nearly as like, I think in touch with everything the way you have, cause you went to a game. Yeah. You that's about what that was like going to city field. First of all, I want to say the reason that Jack hasn't been as keyed in is because now that he's home from school, he gets to spend yeah. time with his girlfriend. That's true. I do have to spend time with my girlfriend. It's Which been is- very, very fun. I also had to go to a graduation. Like I've been like f- basically driving between like two states all week. Uh, it's I've, I'm a very busy person. My, my festivities have been uh, very elaborate. But yes, I, I have been spending a lot of time with my girlfriend. Not a girlfriend brag because Sam did so- it. I was yeah, I was gonna do the, the little like sick girlfriend brag. It's no, but you, yeah, you had to yeah, you had to throw had it to in. had to bring it in, had yeah. to bring it in. Anyways, regardless, yes, I did go to the Mexican this week, which was great. Oh, I, I missed it so much. I was <laughs> you guys can like maybe maybe hear it in my voice a little bit. I I had a cold this week, which is like a super weird thing to have because I didn't get sick for like a year, uh, because of you know everyone was inside and then was wearing masks. But now that people are vaccinated and starting to see each other maskless, colds are going around again even though it's summer sort of it's like 45 and rainy right outside my window right now. But I, I was, you know, like coughing and kind of feeling crappy at the Mets game, but I was at the Mets game on Tuesday uh, to see DeGrom pitch, which was like amazing that it it worked out that way. I went with my dad, which is something that we do every year. I usually go to about a dozen or so games with him uh, every year. It had been like 605 days since the last time I was at City Field. For uh, the last time I went was the Pete Alonzo 53rd home run game, the second day, second to last day of the season in 2019. So it had been a while. Uh, honestly, a little bit of an emotional experience being back in the stadium. Um, mm-hmm. Felt weird because there was you know less less people. So when you walk in the rotunda, there's usually this this energy to the yeah. ballpark uh like right when you walk into the jackie robinson rotunda and that just wasn't there um because there just were no people around people yeah. were, were going straight up into the, the concourse where usually there's a guy yelling yelling trying to sell programs and stuff like that mm-hmm. and there was just it felt like there was something missing but once i got into the ballpark yeah. itself into the concourse it, it felt much more normal and once the game got underway really no complaints um it, it was a good game and it really, really felt great to be back. I was going to try the Pete Alonzo polar bear burger, whatever. Uh, and then my dad and I get to the line and it's, it's, uh, it's 1400 calories before you even include the French fries. And my dad's a doctor and he was like, Nope, not happening. And I was like, ah, fair. Um, so I got my, my normal chicken tender basket, which You're is 21 years old, man. Was it a long line? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Okay. That, that, yeah, he, 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 he's got to let you, he's got to let you live there. It's well, it's- he want, well, we were both going to get one and, and, and he was like, I'm not getting it. It's too much. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And you don't want to like split a burger 
you know. No one splits a burger. You would just yeah. get it for you. You would just treat yourself. You're at the game. Like, I don't know. I'm not, this is not, this is not bullying Sam hours. Maybe the- another time. I also, I had my first legal alcoholic beverage at the, yeah. uh, at the, at the ballpark. So you got um, some. Not my first legal alcohol. I've been 21 for right months now, but my first first beer I've ever had at City Field. Yes, that's correct. No, maybe. Well, first legal one. Don't hate uh, yourself here. This is important. I'm not. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to risk getting kicked out of the stadium for being for drinking underage. I'm not underage anymore, so it's it's fine. Right. But that was that was cool. You know, having a having a beer at the ballpark. That's something I've never really been able to do before. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, good, good experience stayed for the whole game. Obviously, you know, no one, no one leaves. I knew that the Tomas Nito home run was a homer immediately. I had a good angle on it, uh, which is something the umpires, you know, they didn't, they didn't exactly know, even though I think like half the ballpark could tell that it was a home run immediately. And then lives in an alternate reality. I think he sees things that no other person sees. He just, he just gets, he's just, he's so wrong and so loud all the time. It's, I mean, a lot of umpires are, but I feel like he's always, he's always been at the center of the most like consequentially like bad Mets umpiring moments. But he's just not a good umpire. Yeah, that too. I mean, so he's, I, in, he's in, he's in a lot of bad umpiring situations, but uh, he, the bad umpiring them not seeing it was a home run immediately caused dom smith to like bang himself up at home plate because right. like he was he was on first he he got a good break off on it he was waved home he he like dove in to score but like took a weird kind of dive and like hurt his knee on the dive and like sat the next day so um you could blame the umping for that one but i knew it was a homer i could tell yeah i i certainly could i mean it, it goes over the wall and it like bounces back in the way it bounced in like the physics behind that. I mean, this isn't like, this is not that hard, but I'm, yeah, just to go back to the city field thing for a brief moment, I'm still weighing whether I want to go to a game before it goes to full capacity again, just because like, I know that like, there are going to be so many components of it that I'm going to like, just be consciously like, man, this isn't the same. This isn't, you know, and I'm like one of those people who is just obsessed with like, getting the full like Hollywood moment in or whatever. I mean, I just, and when I see stuff like what's happening outside Madison square garden, like it just makes me like so excited for what it's going to be like when we're doing this and like at worst late September, you know, you hope so. Yeah. I'm not going to say when we're here in October, but like hopefully we'll be closer to full capacity by then to see people actually like enjoying the first pitch of a game, like, all together like that's the kind of thing that like gives me goosebumps just thinking about it like i can't wait to like that's what i want to be there to see is just like a, a real shared experience again um but yeah it's it's also though i want to like be able to go to a game and uh potentially like deal with a shorter shake shack line because there are fewer people in the stadium so it's yeah i don't i still I'm still out on Shake Shack at the ballpark. I'm still out on it. I just, I've never understood it because it's not like a, this is my philosophy on it. Okay. If you get there early enough and there's really no line and you're not missing anything, it's pre before the first pitch. Sure. Have Shake Shack. But if you're going to go in the middle of the game to have Shake Shack at City Field, 
when there's like a million Shake Shacks in in northern New Jersey and New York City. Yeah. Like if you want Shake Shack, just go get Shake Shack, man. Like don't don't miss two innings on the line at Shake Shack to to have something that you can get like anytime you want. Yeah. That's, that's my philosophy on it. I I, I, would, I digress. But I'd apply that to any food. I I just firmly do not believe in like getting in line for food in the middle of the game. It's you know, eat before you come there or get there before first pitch and get your food and just enjoy the view and enjoy like the peace while you're, you know, for me, it's always like Papa Rosso or whatever. Hopefully that's still there. That was pretty fun. I'll miss maybe a half inning on a concession stand line, maybe a half inning, but like, that's it. If the line's too long for me, like I'm, I'm, I'm out, I'm out. I'm, yeah. I'll sit in my seats. One thing that was weird. There were no vendors going down into the stands. You should be prepared oh. for that. So there were vendors in the concourse, mm-hmm. but uh, there were no vendors like coming down into the stands yelling hot dogs and, and, and cold beers and stuff like that. So that was something that felt missing. But um, generally, once the game got underway and, and I was in my seats, like it felt good. Like it felt good. It felt good. Yeah. Like it was a nice night at the ballpark. It was a little chilly, but like it was a good game. Nice brisk pace to the game. Good pitch. DeGrom. Yeah, DeGrom, the bullpen was really, really solid. Like honestly no complaints i can't wait to get back to the ballpark it's going to be a while for me because i'm heading back to syracuse next week mm-hmm. for an internship so i'll be back in august to, to catch a couple more games hopefully but uh it was a good one to tide me over for for a little bit yeah definitely that yeah i can't wait for that you mentioned the bullpen though. the bullpen's been like they've been good for a second like we haven't we've talked about like the offense we've talked about like the starting pitching like Damn, I think I feel like every time that we have talked about the bullpen, we're usually like, this can't go on much longer. Like, not because it's not sustainable, but just because like they're doing a lot of work. But like they're still doing a lot of work and they're still doing pretty well. And we, I mean, yeah, I was I was probably a little bit wrong about like Jerry's familia and, and Miguel Castro. And probably also like Tommy Hunter, who hopefully will come back soon. I know he they like said he was feeling better, but also like he doesn't really have a timetable right now, so to speak. They're trying to make Dylan Batanzas coming back a thing. I don't know. But it's it's cool. I don't really feel like horror when Edwin Diaz comes into the game. Uh, he's like nine for nine, right? Or is he 10 for 10? It's it's one or the other. But like he's perfect in save yeah, situations. He's been perfect. Um, they've looked really good. I've probably been a little bit harsh on them since the beginning, but I'm glad I'm glad we're going to talk about the bullpen because yeah. I, I got to address something. Uh, Ryan Pladino on Twitter at yeah. at Pladino Soar. Uh, Ryan and I had a brief, brief uh, uh, Twitter argument, you know, right around the kickoff of spring training. Yeah. In which I said that I thought the Mets bullpen was going to be bad. He said uh, their bullpen's really good. Uh, I said, are we looking at the same bullpen? Uh in late April, about a month ago, we talked about how good the bullpen had been so far in the season. And he, he took that post on the PGE Twitter, which you should go follow if you haven't already yeah. at, uh, at the PGE pod, by the way, it's a quick little, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow us. Yeah. Follow us. Uh, he, he replied to that thread. This is more than two months after the fact with the tweet of the episode and was like yeah. this, this is how I win. Like, is it like uh, he was right and I was wrong. And again, today he replied to that comment. Yeah. Uh, just saying hi to remind me. Uh, and I haven't responded to it because I wanted to address it here. 
Yeah. I wanted to address it here. I wanted to say, Ryan, Ryan, thank you so much for bringing it to my attention. Um, you're right. You're right. And I'm wrong. Uh, the, I thought the Mets bullpen was going to be way, way worse. And through the first two months of the season, they've been excellent. They've been really, really excellent. I knew Edwin Diaz was going to be great. Uh, without Seth Lugo, I was a little scared. Mm-hmm. I knew Trevor May was going to be great. Didn't think Miguel Castro was going to be as good as he's been. I thought he'd be fine. I thought that Dylan Betances being healthy would be a net negative. Yeah. I thought that he would provide some real badness to the, to the bullpen. And I thought Jerry's familiar being healthy would be bad because I didn't expect him to come back and be elite this year. I don't think anyone did. If you did and, and you are, if you like kudos to you, if you thought Jerry's familiar was going to be like 2016 Jerry's familiar again, yeah. but like no one in the right mind had any reason to think that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, Right now, I'm saying Ryan at Pladinosaur, at Pladinosaur, however you pronounce it, you are correct yeah. about your bullpen take. The Mets bullpen has been excellent. It's going to get better, you would imagine, when Seth Lugo comes back this week. I'm sorry for any transgressions that I have caused against you or your loved ones by saying the Mets bullpen was bad. But at the moment, it's been great. There's always room for it to get worse. I'm hoping, I'm hoping I'm, it doesn't. So I'm hoping that I continue to be wrong about this take, but I, I hope you're satisfied with my, uh, with my uh, acknowledgement of your correctness of this take. Um, good job. I want to know what the signs were like for Familia. Like how could somebody actually look at his, at any of the numbers that he'd shown and been like, yeah, he's, he's going to turn it around. Like same with Robert Gesellman. Like the guy comes into games when the Mets are like down a run or like tied after a starting pitcher is kind of like, you know, fizzled out and he doesn't make it worse. He's actually been very, very good. He's gotten the job done almost every time. Like, and even when it doesn't necessarily like matter, like he's been getting his innings in. I mean, the only person I think who like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I was right about in, in a negative sense was like Jacob Barnes who they still are very insistent on like turning into a good pitcher. I don't know how many like lives Jacob Barnes has left though, especially as like pitchers start to come back. Like, and you need Lugo, to start making 40 man moves. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Lugo is going to require a 40 man move because he's on the 60 day IL. You right. could move Steven Tarpley to the 60 day IL. Cause he's on the injured list too. You mm-hmm. could straight up cut someone like Cameron Maven um, who probably gets cut for Pilar anyways, unless you're sending down, uh lee khalil lee which you probably should all yeah they that's the thing like you should because like he should be playing every day somewhere and he Um, should be playing pitchers he has a chance against like it's 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 really bad you could make the argument that this the 40 man move for lugo should be barnes because barnes has been the weakest link in that bullpen like the mets bullpen has been so good that the garbage time guys have eras like under two yeah. Like Sean Reed Foley and Robert Gazelman had been fantastic in that kind of long relief garbage time role. Like even like Barnes, as bad as he is sometimes, he's still come up with some big outs. Like that game, that crazy game against the Marlins. And then uh one of the games against the Rockies, I think it was game one yeah. of the doubleheader. He got the final outs in those games. Like yeah. he came in and got those final outs when other guys weren't available. I don't know why he's like the fourth closer in that bullpen when Right. Reed Foley and Gazelman have been better than him, like even Aaron Loop. But like, it's usually because he's the most rested. Yeah, they just never use it. 
But even even the like, the worst guys in this bullpen, good. even the worst guys in this bullpen have yeah. given the Mets like incredible utility. Like Sean Reed Foley has been mm-hmm. so like really good, and I don't know if that's sustainable or whatever. Drew but Smith too. His yeah, man, like his bullpen has been good, and I'm I'm just enjoying it because. I can't remember a time when the Mets had like a legitimately elite bullpen. I'm just trying to ride the wave here. I can't think of any either, but yeah. So 2015 was good. 2015 was good after they got Clippard and Reed. Yeah. But even I would argue even in 2015, like the bottom of, they always had one guy at the bottom of their bullpen. Like whether that was like Eric O'Flaherty or like Alex Torres or, maybe even Eric Adele after he got hurt. Like they usually had, or Bobby Parnell, like they are, you know, they always had somebody at the very bottom who like, you just don't touch. You just don't go near it. If they come into the game, like in a close game, it's a white flag. Um, 2016 was kind of like that too, with like, um, like Antonio Bastardo. And again, a post-injury guy, because Terry Collins uses bullpen badly. The whole, the, like the, the anniversary, that's the other thing too this has been a week of like Terry Collins stuff. Cause like he, we came up on the anniversary of him, like becoming like the longest tenured, like Met manager games wise. And then there was the ass and the jackpot video. Like, you know, another players, game I was like, at, by the way. Yeah. The players liked him. Uh, also speaking of ass and the jackpot moment, throwback to our episode with Ty Kelly that you guys can watch. It's on all of our platforms uh, or listen to rather. We don't really put yeah. video content out. Uh, were in which Ty talked about his experience of yeah. being in that moment. He was the third. Shout out player. to Ty Kelly for being in a major league organization again. I don't yeah, know if he did last week if we gave him the shout out, but he hit, he we I don't think we did. He uh he hit a dinger for the Tacoma Rainiers earlier this week. Uh, he's with the AAA team for the Mariners. So good for Ty. Good for also, Ty. I I got curious and I looked up Khalil Lee's uh stats. You want to guess his uh his strikeout rate? And the, at the big league level, it's like sixty percent. It's got to be. No. Is it higher? Is it like seventy-five? Seventy-two point two percent. Jesus Christ, Khalil. I mean, he's. It, there's absolutely no way somebody who has made their way to the major leagues is going to continue hitting at that clip. But he Wait, he yeah. was like zero for he was like zero for nine with nine Ks. Yeah. And, and it's so it's started to go down a bit. He has started to adjust, quote unquote. He's making more contact when he gets chances. I guess he's still striking out a bunch, but like, it's just not just, a way to learn. Like you know, like yeah, he, he needs. He should be like, playing every day in AAA. He, he really should be. Yeah, I get that. So he probably like going back to the forty man thing. I would option him when Pilar comes back. Um, when Alonzo comes back probably option Mazika because if you have like options to use on guys it's better to probably stow them and give like the the more like dead end optionless players a little bit more breathing room like give you know like just as long as Wilfredo Tovar is on your roster just like give it a little try it can't be any different from Mazika but you don't want to just like deprive yourself of that kind of player anyway when yeah you know, I agree with you him I agree with you I think that, like, the role Mazika's in right now yeah. is this, like, third catcher pinch hit dude. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't caught at all, but a third catcher's kind of necessary when you're playing two of your catchers every day. 
Like mm-hmm. Nito's been the everyday guy behind the plate for the most part, and McCann's been playing the first base. Uh, when Alonso comes back, you no longer have the need for James McCann to play first base. Then you move to a platoon behind the plate. So you really only need two catchers on the roster. Mm-hmm. So with Mazika having options, it makes sense with Alonso coming back to send down Mazika because you don't need to do it. There's no need for a 40 man move for Alonso because yeah. uh, he's not on the 60 day IL. Yeah. Um, the only guy coming back anytime soon that's on the 60 day is the is a uh, uh, Lugo. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's like, yeah, Carrasco is far away. Syndergaard's far away. Jose Martinez is like, I don't even know if he's... We haven't gotten an update on him ever. Yeah, we so. don't even know if he's going to play this year. He's the only position player on the 60. Like, yeah, so you're not really in a spot where you need to think about 60-day moves mm-hmm. outside of Lugo. Um, again, I think like the safest option for Lugo is is Tarpley to the 60-day. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless Tarpley's like close to coming back. But even so, he's been legitimately terrible in AAA. But like with the loss of Hildenberger and Zamora, I feel like you have to try to keep him in the organization. Yeah. Um, because especially Zamora, like then you're just kind of lacking that organizational lefty dude for your, for your bullpen. Yeah. Um, who Zamora picked up the win for the Mariners earlier this weekend. So good for him. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm getting real sick of the Mariners, like poaching all dudes. our guys. Literally hey, all of them. We could can, do a guy segment with just the Mariners. They had six six former Mets in the game again, and that wasn't on on Saturday, I think. And that wasn't even including Justin Dunn, who started the game, right? Or Jared Kalanick. Yeah, who's been awful, by the way. Like, yeah, he's probably just not ready yet. Um, you know, but <laughs> like Flexin, Justin Dunn, Kalanick, Paul Seawald has come up for them and has been thrown darts and he's been great for them so far like good for paul seawald always yeah. seemed like a good dude uh like zamora uh soup eric campbell started third base for them this weekend yep sam haggerty's gotten a good amount of playing time for them like they what is it is it 13 guys montero on there too i forget about rafael montero yeah he was the other they had four all four of their pitchers on saturday were like former met guys yeah, it was it was just oh, Dunn's and you know who they called up like earlier this week, too, is Hector Santiago. Yes. Yes. Like, it's just a oh, my God. I'm looking at the depth chart and just just laughing. There's looking like, they've the like 13 guys who have spent time in the Mets organization, like at a high level or at the major league level, like on their 40 man roster or something like that. It's insane. It's ridiculous. They don't even have like a staffer with the Mariners who like used to work with the Mets. Cause sometimes you can, you like, I'm pretty sure the Mets have brought up a, a bunch of guys who like used to play for the Red Sox because of Zach Scott's situation. Like Hildenberger was in their Sox organization. Like Peraza was with them last year. Yeah. Yeah. But like, there's none of that with, with, with the Mariners. Like Jerry DePoto is just like looking over his shoulder at like what, I don't know. I guess like Adam Gutridge was doing. I don't know who uh, was in charge of it back know. then, but unless they have it, some some guy in their research and development department that's like used to work for the Mets that we just like don't know about because he's not a high right. enough level guy. Like I don't, I don't know. But I know they're not. A, they didn't hire Dillup, so it's not him either. Rest in peace. Rest yeah. in peace. I mean, that was their loss. That's like not a. Yeah, they're not going to understand what any of that means. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, do we want to get into the Marcelo Zuna stuff briefly and then remember some guys? 
Yeah, we probably can. Uh, Marcelo Zuna is a piece of shit. Yeah. And shouldn't be allowed in the league. And we should just, like, stop playing around with what we do about, like, setting a precedent or anything and just let players know that, like, if you cross a certain line, we're not going to have a place for you anymore. We're going to throw you out in your ass. Marcelo well, he might be facing jail time. Yeah. He might legitimately be facing jail time. If you're not familiar with this, news on saturday a photo was a uh, photo hit hit twitter of mm-hmm. it looked like marcelo zuna being uh escorted to a cop car and yeah. people were pretty sure it was him yet he he's dealing with like a hand wrist injury thing going on right now and he had a cast on the guy in the photo his back was turned to the photo but they were pretty sure it was osuna and uh sure enough people cross-checked the the police databases and someone named Marcelo Zuna was arrested by Fulton County police on a Saturday afternoon on domestic violence charges. The Braves put out a statement around eight 30 or so eight 45, nine o'clock uh, in the middle game, middle of the Mets Braves game um, saying, yes, he was arrested. Uh, here's our statement on it. It was a totally fine, acceptable PR statement um, took a long time for the, for the Fox broadcast to address it considering the Braves were, playing in the game um took about 35 40 minutes after the braves released their statement and they did it in a very very weird way like tom verducci like started talking about ozuna but like was talking about his injury and then ken rosenthal butted in and like mentioned the arrest and read off the statement it was just a very weird way to start it off by having verducci talk about his injury almost seemed as though verducci had no idea what was going on and then they were like rosenthal get get in there talk about the, the arrest uh, but even if Fox kind of botched it, it's, it's whatever, regardless, he's facing jail time. Like he's facing actual jail time. The, the report came out. Uh, there was a domestic disturbance. Neighbors called the police there because it was loud enough for the neighbors to like, want to like have the police there. That that's a right. way to say that. That's, a, that makes sense. Uh, they walked in cause the door was open and the police witnessed Ozuna strangling his wife. And using his cast, his the fiberglass cast, if you've ever had a broken bone, like those things are hard. Those things are rock solid. Yeah. Using it as a weapon against her. Yeah. Uh, so he is, uh, he's a scumbag and we hope we never have to see him on a major league baseball field again, because the dude deserves prison time. I'd say for that, especially because, because the cops witnessed it. Yeah. yeah. So there's really no, there's no like, he said, she said domestic dispute here. This is really yeah. serious. Yeah. This is also like, I don't know. I'm, I'm at the point too, because we had this earlier in the week with Mickey Calloway getting like banned through 2022 or something. Like, I don't know why we're so like afraid to just like actually terminate someone's relationship with major league baseball over something like this. Like what kind of message are you really sending if like after the dust settles and after people like, I guess their assumption is people are going to forget about this. Like that it's that you could just let them back in and it will be fine. Like, cause that's probably what's going to happen. If Ozuna, if, if he gets out of prison, you know, in the near future, he's probably going to be playing again, maybe even for the Braves because of his like talent as a player or whatever, but it just, and he signed a he signed a big contract with them. So like a four year deal with them. Yeah, it's 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 just like I don't know. I feel like there's a way for the league to 
establish those aspects of the game as like secondary to something just just so horrifying yeah and, less and, yeah less of the whole apologies for dudes letting them back into the game thing more of the felipe vasquez no one's ever going to talk about them ever again they're going to rot prison stuff yeah. that's cool yeah. with me if it um, were up, honestly i think that vasquez is a situation too like the only reason he's not playing is because he's he's literally going to be in jail for like 30 years Oh yeah, statutory rape. Like if he if he gotten off somehow, like he would still be playing because they do this, you know. Maybe I mean Roberto Osuna doesn't have a job right now, so yeah, which is a positive. He had a job for a long time. That's the other aspect of it. I don't know. I'm not trying to like doom you know doom scroll all of this, but at the same time, like yeah, like Aroldis Chapman still has a job. Like it would it would be so much easier if they just you know showed some backbone and 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 you know sent a message to everybody else who has a kind of who has a history like this because it just there's no harm in in not letting them play a major on a major league baseball team and make millions of dollars yeah like if you want to play major league baseball don't don't do an attempted murder on your wife yeah um yeah, yeah. pretty easy to follow i don't know i mean i i feel like i would be able to follow those rules pretty well i think most people would you know, I agree. And that playing baseball like every day. I agree. Yeah. So let's pivot and let's yeah. remember some guys. I messed up last week. I remembered a guy I had, I had already remembered. Uh-huh. Um, and my goal is to not do that this week. Uh, and I have just double checked and we haven't remembered the guy I want to remember. So I, I Jack, you go first. Okay. Uh, I'm remembering Toby Stoner. Yes. Just good one. This is a good name. Uh, you know, just Toby Stoner. I don't know. German product. Uh, I have not consulted the database as far as how many German baseball players there have been in the Mets organization. I know Aaron Altair was German, um, yes. but I couldn't tell you if Toby Stoner. So I, I can tell you for sure that Toby Stoner is not the only German Met. What I can't tell you is if he was the first. He is, however, the first Met whose name is Toby Stoner. And only. The first and only Mets have that name. Yeah. Um, yes. Now, we, do we don't we know got. if... We don't know if Toby Stoner was a stoner, but um, he did... Uh, we could ask. He did spend parts of two, th- two seasons with the Mets and got into five games. Um, so congratulations to Toby Stoner. Never pitched elsewhere in the majors. So I, I wanted to, like go big this week because i messed up last week with the nick evans stuff uh and so i'm like i'm pulling something out of my hat here a little bit and i don't know if it counts but i'm gonna make it count man because the with everything going on with the mets organization with the injuries and the guys that are on the field right now i feel like it's about damn time that we remembered some wilfredo tovar Wow. He's a that's he's good. totally a guy that I can remember. Yeah. He's also a guy that's on the current active roster. He like he was a Met prospect prospect in quotation marks. He was yeah. never a prospect, but he was in the in the Mets system for a long time. And then he got up as a 21-year-old in in 2013 with the Mets. Defense first, middle infielder, shortstop, second baseman from uh from Venezuela. Mm-hmm. He played for the Mets in 2013 and 2014 in 
nine combined games as a major leaguer resurfaced for the angels Mm -hmm. in 2019 he got into 31 games 88 plate appearances hit 193 for the angels and i figured that would be the last we ever heard of wilfredo tovar until the mets brought him back into the organization this offseason and he was with them in spring training and then he got called up and he's been in six games for the mets he's two for 11 right now so he's this is a remembrance on two fronts. This is, I'm remembering Wilfredo Tovar, the 22-year-old in 2014. But I'm also remembering the 29-year-old Wilfredo Tovar because I'm pretty damn sure that in, like, just give it a couple weeks, he'll be a remembering guy. Yeah. At that a point. two-timer. The two-timer. Exactly. That is a really good one. So I, I hope that that satisfies. I think it, it, it definitely does. Looking at his stats, too, you know, he's so he – He's had major league like attached to his name since 2013. So we're coming up on like year nine of this. I mean, obviously he hasn't played every year, but it's been, this is, will have been the ninth year since he like first came up. Still does not have a major league homer. Um, He's only got 122 major league plate appearances. Yeah. And he, he, has, he has no power to begin with. So it's five extra base hits. Uh, I really hope. We get a Wilfredo Tovar home run before this is all said and done. Just one. If Jose Peraza can give us like three, I figure we can get one. If Patrick Mazika's first hit can be a home run, like we can we can work something out here. And someone said that uh, Wilfredo Tovar just looks like a dude you should be ordering a sandwich from in a deli on like the, you know, in like the Lower East Side somewhere. Yeah, I can see that. He's 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 got the build. He has the build. I think. Yeah. That's not to say he's not an athlete, but I think he. Uh, Are we? Do we want to call him an athlete? Because. Yeah. If you look, if yeah. you look, he's like five seven. You look at side by side of him from like twenty fourteen and him now. He's lost the neck. He's got no neck anymore. Mm. Okay, but would an athlete do what he did? Uh, uh, last night, where like he fell over mid throw and still made like a pretty good one hopper like oh, he's I, always been good at defense well i mean you can you be good at defense and not be an athlete sam good question i i mean that one's for the philosophers yeah to answer i mean if because, Tim was an athlete and he was bad at defense what does it make somebody well, who, we know? never saw him play second base so that's true thank god thank god we didn't see him play this year he almost definitely would have played this year he absolutely would have been here this year. All right. I think that's a good place to put a pin in it for this week. I I got nothing else to say. Jack, do you have any, any messages for the folks at home? Uh, remember Toby Stoner. And, um, yeah, just, just – and, and cherish the time that you have with these guys. Um, yeah. Before they, too, will be remembered. Yeah, that's a little bit more in in the on the note of, like, seeing all my friends graduate this year uh, or this week. Just remember, remember the guys and, 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 you know, and everyone else just remember them. That's I, I echo that as a, as someone who also watched a bunch of friends graduate in the last couple of weeks. So yeah. cherish the time you have with the guys that you will one day remember. Cherish your Billy McKinney's and your Toby Stoner's. All and right. Your Wilfredo Tovers. All right. That's, that's about all oh, we got. Um, as always, a fascinating end to a pleasant good evening podcast. 
episode 38. And we'll see you guys next week. So Mets fans, have a pleasant week. Thank you.